0: Hello and welcome to Extra Time here on LCFC Radio and LCFC TV after a fantastic week and a little bit for Leicester City, it was three wins in eight days, it started with that win against Manchester United, the win in Russia and then it was uh, all topped off by that uh, brilliant win at the Brentford Community Stadium on Sunday. Um, Good uh, afternoon to Tony Cotty, Ewan Roberts and Jerry Taggart who join us. Um, today, Ewan will start with you because obviously you were at the Brentford game for us. Your your LCFC radio co-commentary duty. How did you, uh, how did you find it?
1: I, I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Enjoyed working with with James. Um, obviously, the, the first time I've 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 done that for, for the club. Um, it's it's a cracking little stadium. Um, I've been there before. I don't mean any disrespect to to Brentford when I say little stadium. I think must hold about seventy and fans. Magnificent atmosphere. Uh, they get right behind their their their, their team. They're going to enjoy every second of of this their first Premier League experience. Uh, they've done ever so well so far. But it was a it was a, a tough game for Leicester. Dan, but they they grinded it out. They rolled their sleeves up and came back with you know very important three points. And as you said, finished off. Well, finished off at just over the week, eight days of. Of maybe a, a week
0: that will turn the club season around, hopefully. Hopefully so. And you did well to keep the co commentary in English as well, were you, considering. <laughs> <to> <laughs> yeah, <then. but> it, <laughs> it, it's, it's not easy being bilingual, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, was it a big day of celebrating? Obviously, you were at the, the West Ham game, weren't you? Yeah, I had an um,
2: interesting weekend, Dan, but very much with a Leicester connection. Um, I decided on Saturday that I would go and watch Dagnam versus South United, two of my local teams. Walked into the sponsors' lands, and there's one Stanley Victor Collymore sitting there, which I, I hadn't seen Stanley for quite a while. He's now doing a few bits with South End. So that was on the Saturday, and Dagnam won the game 3 0. So Stan wasn't very happy, I've got to add. Um, and then uh, yesterday I was at the London Stadium, yet another good victory for my. A team West Ham beating Spurs. After the game, I'm in the, the the lounge upstairs, and I bumped into a certain Laurie Dudfield. I don't know whether that that, that name will a uh, few of the Leicester fans. tags will certainly remember yeah, that name. I know, He's now looking over in Florida, I, 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 I think. So um, it was nice to catch up with him. Um, I didn't recognise him, Dan, because he didn't have any hair. So um, yeah, but it was uh, we had a nice little catch up. That So, uh, and then of course I get home, and I had the privilege of watching the highlights of uh, Brentford v Leicester, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And as you and said, another fantastic week for the club.
0: Good man, and uh, yeah, finally, uh, hello
3: Jerry. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Dan. Yeah, good, all good. Beautiful day here in South Yorkshire. Ready for golf
0: later on, I'm sure. Absolutely, <laughs> best day of the week. <laughs> um, <laughs> We'll start with you then, Jerry, on, on the game, really, because obviously you work for us as well um, on it. Uh, vital three points, as Ewan's already mentioned, and, and as as we've all said, a fantastic week also.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, before the game we were talking about, it was a really tough result to call for Leicester. Obviously, watching some of the games that Brentford have played uh, at home, i.e. the game against Chelsea, uh, then... We sort of knew what was coming before the game kicked off. And and it was exactly like that. The game panned out that way. Uh, And I think you could see the emotion in the players and the manager after the game finished. It was a a big, big week with a lot of travelling. Big, big European game midweek. Which obviously they won. And then having to come back and prepare themselves for uh, for this game, which was a totally different game to the other two games that took place earlier on in the week, so for the players to be able to get through that, withstand, you know, a barrage of pressure uh, that Brentford threw at them, and, and keep themselves in the game, that was the most important thing. We seen by just before, uh, you know, that Leicester took the lead, and then subsequently till the end of the game. You know the quality that Brentford had showed in the, especially in the first half, they just started to win a bit. You know the control of the ball started to win. Uh, the quality that they were that they possessed in the first half started they started to lose that slightly later on in the second half. So it was just vital that they dug in, dug deep, and sort of just grounded that result result out, and that's exactly what happened. You know we talked about the goals after the game yesterday. Two moments of sheer quality and that's basically what and the rest of it was all about digging deep staying in the game grinding it out and making sure that they didn't concede that second goal and in the end that was enough to get them over the line and it's just one of those games where before you go to a place like Brentford and there'll be one or two more games like that where you just have to dig in it's not going to be pretty at times you're not going to be able to play free-flowing football like we're used to seeing him with Leicester, it's all about digging deep and grinding out a result. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Ewan said, Tony,
0: that it feels like this week has kind of turned Leicester's season a little bit. And you definitely got the sense of that. I think at one all in the game, Brentford had a brilliant chance. And they, as Jerry was saying, they were dominating the game and probably looked around and thought, oh, the way the season's going, Brentford might go on and win this from here. But Leicester were able to, as Jerry says, dig in and get that three points themselves. This week must have given them an immense amount of confidence.
2: Well, we spoke about it all through the week, Dan, didn't we? About getting the confidence off the back of that Manchester United victory. To go to Spartak was never going to be easy, and it was a dramatic game, wasn't it, for many reasons. But, you know, the confidence was there. You know, having said all that, you know, I agree with all what Tag said. It was always going to be a difficult game. You know, let's not forget, this is, this is a Brentford team that's come up. They've beaten Arsenal, they've drawn with Liverpool, they've beaten West Ham, they've had some fantastic results. And I've got to say as well, I think it's quite refreshing in a way that the way they play, you know, I'm not an advocate of long ball football and that, but I am an advocate of getting the ball in the box. And you will agree with me on this one, I know this, that you've got to get the ball in the box as early as possible. You've got to make the most of your free kicks, your set pieces, your corners, which ultimately they scored from a corner, didn't they? So, you know, they've got two players up front who are a real handful. Um, and, you know, they play some good football at times. So, I think it's refreshing that they're trying to play a, a, a certain way. And you've got to mix that in with playing good football as well, which which um, other teams do. So, it's, it's nice to see a contrast of styles. That's the first thing I would say. And having said all that, that then makes it a really difficult game. Because Leicester were pinned back, damn, wasn't they? That first 10 minutes, they were pinned back, there was chances for Brentford. You know, they really, really went for Leicester, which you would expect because... Before the game, they would have been saying, look, they've been in European football, they've had a long journey, they're all going to be tired, get amongst them, get the ball in the box quick. That's exactly what they would have said. That's what they did. So, I think for Leicester to come away with the three points, it's been a fantastic week for the club. And I think, you know, looking at it, it's a really, really good three points against a very strong Brentford team at the moment.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying earlier in the season, Tony, I think after that West ham Brentford game that you went to go and see that you you were surprised, weren't you? Maybe not surprised, but you were very impressed by Brentford and and how good they were. So, again, you're under no illusions as to how good a 3 points on the road yesterday was. Absolutely. And, you know, in Ivan-Tony, I
2: think they've got a real quality centre forward. Ultimately, I, I don't know if Brentford will survive. I've got to say that. Only because we've seen a lot of teams come up you know, had good starts to the Premier League and then they sort of wane towards the end of the season. Or they they might stay up and have a great season and then find it very difficult in the second season. But in Ivan Tony, they've got a player, in my opinion, who could go and play at, you know, one of the so-called bigger clubs. So there'll be a lot of people looking at him. They've got other good footballers. They've got good defenders. You know, they've got a really good mixer. They've got a good manager as well. And, you know, and spoke about the stadium. You know, I've not been to the new stadium, but I know what the old stadium was like. It was hard to get results there. And I'm sure this stadium will be no different. You know, it's not an intimidating crowd, but it's a noisy crowd. They get right behind their team. So if you take all these things and factor all these things into the equation, it makes it an even more impressive three points. You know, look at Arsenal losing. Look at Liverpool drawing.
0: That's how tough these away games are at Brentford at the moment. So it's a fantastic result. Yeah, we said before the game, you and didn't we, about Renford's defensive record? They conceded what seven goals in their eight games prior to the one against Leicester. That included three in one game against Liverpool. So if you think about it, then what's that? That's four in their other seven games um, that they conceded, which is, is is a very very good record. So again, it cannot be underestimated how good a win that is. No, in in. In their
1: last two seasons in, in the Championship, Dan, they, they they were the top scorers. Um, two years ago in the Championship, they were by by far the best, had the best defensive record. Um, I think they had the second best defensive record last season, be it behind Norwich. So they, they're good at both aspects of of, of the game. Um, they Thomas Frank, towards the end of last season, he went, I said to you yesterday, they, they, for the last two or three seasons, they played that 4-3-3. Uh, but Nico Henry picked up an injury last season, so he had to change things around with six seven games to go and they went they went with the five at the back you know the three central defenders and he 's stuck to that in the Premier League probably gives them because you look at the the three central defenders i don 't think they 're blessed with patience you know. they 're big strong physical center halves, good in the air, anything in front of them they 'll cope with anything up towards them in the air they 'll cope with but anything sort of that makes them turn and run towards their own goal they're not too comfortable at, I think that's why he's gone two or three and that's why he's persevered with that in, 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 in the Premier League. But, they, you know, they, they, they work for one another. And if, if you don't, if you go to, if you go to, especially not when you play against Brentford, when you play at home, but if you play, play against them when at the Brentford Community Stadium, if, 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 if you're not prepared to fight scrap for every ball, they'll turn you over. You know, I, Look at that first game of the season when Arsenal went there. Arsenal went there, didn't really know what to expect. They got bullied. They got bullied and it was a comfortable win for Brentford on the night. Now, Leicester didn't get bullied yesterday. They, they were fully prepared for what was coming their way. You know, they had to defend for, for quite a long period, you know, a lot of set pieces, but they were more than up for that. Yes, they got caught with that that corner kick in in, in the same. But but sometimes I think the quality of the ball for that corner in by Matthias Janssen was a great ball and, and sometimes Dan, it's really hard to defend that it really really is um, the one when uh, Pontus Jansen he, he did have a, but it, it was a free kick there was a free kick given it wouldn't have counted anyway had he found the back the net because there, there was a push uh, leading up to that that goal so all in all you, you have to say and the lads have mentioned some of the results that, that Brentford have, have had
0: especially at home it is a, a, a really really good three points I was going to ask, Jerry as well about the, the trip to Europe in midweek and obviously having to to be flexible with that, get around that. They didn't make too many changes, did they? But I suppose that the fact that that game was on Wednesday, in hindsight, for yeah. Leicester, was, was probably a good thing.
3: Yeah, it definitely helped. There's no doubt about that. I think if you asked the majority of players whether or not having that extra day uh, would have helped them, I think the majority of them would have said, yes. Obviously, there's some players where traveling playing doesn't affect them and they're super superhuman but i would think for the majority of players you know sitting on coaches sitting on playing sitting in hotel rooms for a day or two and then obviously having to play the game and then do exactly the same on the way back it just sort of upsets your rhythm slightly so having that extra day would have definitely helped whether or not that would have changed the outcome of the result it's you know, that's purely up for debate, you know, that the facts are there for everyone to see. Uh, You know, Leicester won the game uh, in a way, in a fashion, in a different fashion, really until in the way that they won the last two games, the two games before yesterday. So that's really pleasing to see, you know, because they had to dig deep and they were under a lot of pressure at times. What? Uh, I think, as Ewan has already said, they knew exactly what was coming their way. And I think, again, when you go back to the end of the the game and you see the emotion in the players, uh, you know, they were celebrating more yesterday than they were after the beat Manchester United at home last Saturday. So that just sort of shows you that they were ready for what was coming and they dealt with it. So, you know, you tip your hat to the players and the manager, of course. They very much
0: had to deal with it as well, Tony, as, as we've referenced. Brentford were, you could certainly argue for the first half, they, they had you know, more chances. Leicester had just that one shot on target. We'll come on to that, obviously, but it was a very good shot on target. But Brentford had, had more of, of the play in that sort of sense. So Leicester, as we've said, had to soak up so much pressure.
2: Yeah, they did. And, you know, the thing that we've
0: spoken about, a lot uh,
2: is the, the defensive side of things, you know, with the injuries, how it's been difficult for Leicester and, you know, I, I think they defended well. And I think they absorbed the pressure. Sometimes you have to ride your luck. Sometimes you need your goalkeeper to make a good save. You know, that, all those sort of things happened, um, you know, but we've spoken about Johnny Evans coming back into that defense. It just makes a massive difference to the to the club. There's no doubt about that. You know, he organises that defense. It, you know, they, they seem more able to absorb the pressure um, you know and then in terms of counter-attack it, it, was perfect, it was perfectly set up for Leicester I think the game because as I said you know for all the reasons I mentioned earlier you know Brentford were always going to come at Leicester all guns blazing which they did and uh, you know they, they, as I said they rode their luck a little bit but then you you then just got to wait for the right opportunity or for a bit of magic and of course the bit of magic
0: arrived in the 14th minute. Absolutely and, and what a strike it was as well you and what we the fact that you were there, you were obviously able to witness it. Jerry saw so many fantastic goals last season, didn't you? You you've seen probably one of, of it's gonna be candidate for goal of the season, isn't it, for Leicester City. That that's for sure.
1: Well if he doesn't win it for the one that he scored yesterday, he'd probably win it for the one he scored last week against Manchester United, which was a, a different goal but as good, you know great technique, great skill to, you know, lift it over David De Gea. There's only one place you could have put that one against Manchester United yesterday i mean i've it's an unbelievable strike man. um he's onto that ball cuz obviously it's a free kick wide it's it's a decent it's ball in from from jace madison and I, I think he was trying to get get the ball into colechi uh, and Acho, but rico henry's just in front of colechi it was just slightly too high for rico henry so he couldn't really get a clear header head to to the ball but he's onto that ball in the shot He really really was and um, he will he won't make better contact, I don't think. And is always going away from, from the goalkeeper, uh, David Ryder, who's a very good good goalkeeper, to be fair, to be fair to him. But, I don't think we're surprised, to be fair, we I don't think we're surprised with that strike. As good a strike than it was, we know that Eulie Tillemans has got that in the locker. You know, he's, he's done it on more than one occasion for, for Leicester. He's done it more for, on one occasion for for, for his country. You know, he is capable of, of doing that. So, Fantastic goal, but I'm not surprised
0: that you scored such a good goal. The, the technique again, Jerry. We, we obviously have watched the FA Cup final winning goal lots and mm. lots of times and remarked <laughs> on the, the technique. I don't want to say strange because obviously that, that is the wrong word to say, but it was a unique technique that he used to strike that one in, in the FA Cup final. Yeah. A little bit similar, I think, to, to the goal yesterday as well, but the way he hit it meant that it was always, as Ewan said, going away from the goalkeeper.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, I Listen, just going back to what you can say, I listened to that Thomas's Frank, uh, Frank's uh, post-match interview, and he said, I'd like to see him, say how many times he'd put it there out of 100, basically. <laughs> and uh, but when I heard him, I said, I'm thinking, yeah, all right, man, you're probably talking 25, 30 out of 100, you know, that's how good it, Telemans is. Uh, And when you slow it right down uh, and you look at the technique of Tillemans when he puts his foot through that ball, you know, I think Matt mentioned it yesterday as well about it's like a golfer when he swings at a golf club and everything's so smooth and uh, the timing is just so everything's so together Uh, and what you've got to realise is that ball's coming towards him. He, and as Ewan said, he's on there like a flash. He's not like walking towards it or jogging towards it. He is running at pace. And that makes it even more difficult to try and yeah. get that, to get the technique and the timing of when you take the shot on. And so for everything to come together and to put it where he's put it, that just shows it that, you know, Mins is capable of world-class things on a football pitch. Uh, and yesterday that was a world-class strike. There's no doubt about it. And the technique he produces to put that ball where he puts it is there for everyone to see. It is an unbelievable strike. And I don't think anybody in the stadium thought that that was going to happen when they seen the ball coming out there. And that's probably, it was more of a shock to the people in the stadium when they seen what Tillemans pulled off yesterday. But as we all know, We've seen it all before from Jura. He's just capable of scoring sensational goals. And yesterday was another one. Yeah, it was
2: quite brilliant, Tony, wasn't it? Oh, fantastic goal. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, because like, I, I always find it quite funny, really, when, when the ball gets cleared out of the box and it goes to a player on the edge of the box and the fans will go, "Shoo!" <clears> right, but a lot, a lot of the times, they're sort of saying it because they're almost taking the mickey because they're thinking that these players are even not capable or doesn't want to shoot. But <laughs> if it comes to Tillemans, you're, sh- you're shouting it for a reason because you know he's capable of doing what what he did. The, the biggest compliment I can pay him is that with, with striking a ball, if, the ball's on the, if it's a dead ball, simple. If the ball's coming to you along the floor, it's easier to strike a ball. Even if the ball's in the air and it hasn't hit the ground yet and you're going to volley it, it's it's a difficult technique, one of the hardest techniques in football. But it's still almost slightly easier when the ball's been headed out. I think I'm i think I'm right in saying I think there was two bounces before it gets. You it might be three. You can correct me on whether because i want going to whether was two or three. But the ball bounce, bounce, and then he hits it. And when he hits it, the ball is in the It's off the floor. It's not on the floor. It's no, not a half yeah, volley. It's, a volley. It's, it's not a full bloody volley. It's bounced twice. And the boys will tell you, that makes it even harder, a strike to hit, and then to hit the ball at the goal to get the fade going away from the keeper. Because if you hit the ball straight, it's going to go at the keeper, and invariably they're going to save it. But when the ball's going away from the keeper, it be the best goalkeeper in the world. You're not going to save it, because it was going right in that top corner. It was an incredible strike. I agree with the ball. I'm not surprised, though. You look at it and you think, oh, wow, what a goal. Goal of the season, pretend all that. Oh, it's you, sure, is it? Well, you expect that. It's, it's sort of, that's how we sort of look at it now. He, not just his goal, but his all-round play. He, is, he, he must be a contender. If he continues, as he is, there's a long way to go. If he continues, he's got to be a contender for player of the season. Because he's been sensational so far with not just his goals, but his all-round play, his contribution to the team. He has been unbelievable. And as I say, when I tuned in to watch the game, I went, wow. But I wasn't surprised because it was Uri Tillemans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's great. I I love an away goal, uh, Ewan, where it's at the end where the away fans are and and the players obviously run straight into the corner and and, and (laughs) celebrate that moment with the fans who I'm sure have knew, just like you, that they witnessed something special there.
1: Yeah, you've got to enjoy those moments, not just Uri Tillemans because he scored it, but his teammates as well. Uh, And... Not that it was a sigh, of, a sigh of relief, Dan, but, you know, Brentford had been knocking on the door. They'd had a couple of opportunities in those <laughs> opening 10 minutes that sort of penned Leicester back a little bit in, in the opening quarter of, of that game. But to get that, that type of goal out of the blue um, after being under pressure for, for the majority of, of the opening 15, 20 minutes, it just it gives you a massive sigh of relief. And, yeah, you've got to celebrate them, yeah, absolutely 100%. Special goals. Special player.
0: Right. Which was better, Ewan? The Manchester United goal, or that one? (laughs) Don't know why you're laughing to Derry and Tony. I'm going to come straight to you with the same question.
3: (laughs) Well, you're you're asking the wrong person to me. These two guys, (laughs) both technically very, very difficult, but go on, Ewan, sorry. I I, I would go for
1: the goal against Manchester United because he's actually looked up before... In actually squared the pass to him and, and seeing the goalkeeper's position. And as, as I said, Dan, there's only one place he can put that and that's in the far right corner of David De Gea's goal. There's nowhere else he can score that goal. Yesterday, yeah, he's put it in David Raya's top left-hand corner but he's got the whole goal to shoot at. You know, he could have gone to Reyes' right, left. I think the way he hits it, he could have gone straight at him and he still wouldn't have seen it and still wouldn't have saved it. So I would... I would go because of the technique that he showed for the goal um, against Manchester United, and as I say, didn't have a lot to hit. I just shaved with that one, but only, only by
2: a small margin. How about you, Tony? I'm going for yesterday's one. Um, I, I, I accept all what, the, the the case for the defence from you and <laughs> against Manchester <laughs> United. It, you know, listen, it was a marvelous goal, wasn't it? it was, you know. But uh, I think in terms of the wow, I I love wow goals. I, I can remember when I was a kid watching Ronnie Radford score for, I think it was Hereford against Newcastle on a money pitch. Yeah. And you went, wow. It was about 35 yards out, gone into <laughs> the corner, And, you know, although technically the goal against Manchester United was an incredible bit of skill. And yes, it was the only place that he could put it. I, I watched that goal. Yes, so I, I went, wow. It was one of those... Special goals, and it will quite rightly be in contention. He might have his own competition the way he's going. <laughs> the goal of the month it'll be just a Tillerman. Just pick six goals or something. Mate. It's just fantastic. But just slightly, just slightly, the Brentford goal for me. Looks
0: as if you have the uh, the casting deciding <laughs> vote here, Jerry. Yeah.
3: Well, first of all, I think both goals are built for goal of the month. Uh, should be, and at least one of them should win it. And the one I'm going to go for, I'm going to agree with Tony, purely based on the shock, the wow factor. Uh, I, I agree with you, Ian. I think technically the goal against Manchester United is probably a, a more difficult goal to pull off, believe it or not. But as I said, the, no, one, no one in that ground yesterday was expecting that goal from where it came from. And it was just one moment of sheer top-class football. And it did. It just took everyone's breath away. I think they, they they were stunned. That stadium were stunned when that ball went into the back of net because of the situation. How the game was panning out. Leicester really couldn't get a f- foothold in the game up until that point. And then, in a flash, Yuri Timmins just bangs one in from thirty yards. And it's like, wow, what just happened there? Has that has that really happened? You know, I think there was a couple of seconds of that after the ball went in the net. It was like, wow, what just happened there? And then when you see it back, and you just see it all unravel. front from there, it's just just incredible. So that definitely, for me, I'd had probably had the wild wow factor. Yeah, two
0: very good strikes. Difficult choice as well for the three. Very difficult. That's, yeah, a per, kept...
3: that's a bad question they ask. Yourself, <laughs> here, that, uh, I yeah,
0: didn't was... add in the FA Cup final <laughs> goal as well and make yeah. the three of those. Uh, no, fantastic from Yuri Tillemans yet again. It was actually a good play as well, Jerry, from Yuri in the build up to the, the winner as well. well let's stop at the goal. It was it a was great play from what, five or six players in, in that. Yeah.
3: Game. Well, first, Casper, you know, ball out yeah. of his hands, volley. Ian does brilliant, holds the ball up, you know, and then obviously brings it inside, sees the pass in the area. And then obviously the run from Dhaka and Madison. But, they just have the awareness and then the depth of touch just to play it into the space, right into the path of Pats and Dacca. I mean, again, it looks easy. But that is another stroke of genius from Yuri Tillemans. It really is just to have the awareness and then to put the pass into that space at the right pace so Decker doesn't even have to change stride. He's literally just running on there. He he actually doesn't need the touch, Patson Decker. I said yesterday, if he's going for a shot, he doesn't need to touch that ball. But I think he plays. He takes the touch to draw the keeper in. He realises James Madison's uh, in a better position than him and and he unselfishly Passes it to him. I also said yesterday, no way on this serve with Tony Cuddy yeah <laughs> for James Madison. He, Tony Coddy would have run on that and slotted that home first time. It known, I don't need to take a touch here because the way La the pass is absolutely huh. perfect for me to hit it first time. The, the sooner you take that shot on, the more angle, the more the goal you've got to see. So by taking that touch, it closes your angle down because the keeper's coming out, closing the angle down. So Patson Zendekar, in my mind, knows exactly what he's doing. But it's all about the awareness and the weight of the pass from Yuri Tillman
0: Yeah, you may not have passed, Tony, but uh, Patson Zendekar <laughs> thankfully did, in, in hindsight, obviously getting the goal. And, and it, it was so unselfish from him, considering he's, the week that he's had as well, Scoring four in midweek, the one against Manchester United, he would have happily forgiven him for taking the shot, whether he'd scored or not, because of the week he's had. But the play him in was so unselfish. Yeah, I think I think you've got to be aware.
2: At least it's very kind of tags to say that I would have run through and scored. Um, I I also would like to think that although I was a very very selfish goal scorer, I would like to think that if you assess the situation, you know, you've heard me talking before Dan, about you've got to very very quickly assess the situation. You get played through, you get that ball, you've got to make that decision very, very quickly. And you've got to make the right decision because, you know, if you go through and it's one-all and you're selfish and you take the shot on and the goalkeeper saves it or you put it wide, you're in trouble after the game because that's the chance, especially if you've got someone screaming next to you, unmarked, and just going to tap into an empty net. So, I think Dakar deserves a lot of praise. You know, having scored the four goals, I think his initial fault, without a doubt, would have been, I'm going to score a goal here. But then he takes a touch, he settles himself. I think he has a little glance and he can see that Madison's there. And it, it's something you, you you do work on it in training. You know, when, you, when you're when you playing training games and it happens quite a few times and then you, you're you in on goal, the goalkeeper's coming out and you've got your mate. As long as, sometimes you're aware he's there. Sometimes it, the player does it all for you. Other times you need a shout. And I'd like to think that James Madison would have been shouting and hollering, yes, 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 I'm free. So it probably would have been a little bit of both. Madison calling for it, Dakar with the awareness. And he deserves praise because, you know, he done the right thing. And it's ultimately about getting the ball in the back of the net. And like I say, if you miss, you know, that's a nightmare feeling because you go in that dressing room, you feel like you've let the lads down. If you pass and then the team scores, all right, you haven't got your goal. You've got your assist and the team gets the three points. So, you know, the the whole goal from Casper to the finish from Madison was the sort of goal you would expect Leicester to be capable of scoring over the last four or five years. is that sort of quick thinking, counter-attacking football. Jerry spoke, Tags spoke about the pass from Tielemans. Mm. You know, it was a wonderful pass and that. But I really, really enjoyed the goal. The whole aspect of it, the, the, the hold-up play from Ian, Ian Acho was wonderful. You know, the awareness, the finish, the pass. It, it was, it was, it was a, a, an awful lot to admire in that second goal.
0: Yeah, was it a great team goal and you add into it as well, you and the fact that Pontus Janssen had had that chance a couple of minutes earlier. Yes, as you said, that it would have been a foul anyway. This was a set piece for Brentford again. They'd already scored from one, so you were worried because it was a set piece. Suddenly, within the blink of an eye, Leicester are up the other end.
1: Yeah, you know what, I, I enjoyed it nearly as much as I enjoyed as Tillemans' strike. Just because it was, it was just a fantastic team goal. And it looks a simple goal in, in the end, but there's so many elements to that goal that have got to be spot on, otherwise it doesn't end up in the Brentford net. So Kasper coming out and his service from his from, from, from the kick from his hands up to Acho. The height's perfect for Kolechri to back into the centre half and, and bring it down. Great first touch then. Good awareness from Kolechri just to lay it off to Yuli Tillemans, who's made that run from his own box. The way to pass from Yuli is magnificent for, as the lads have said, Paxton and Dacca, just to run on to and have a look up and assess the situation, see what his options are. Takes that touch, which, as Tag said, it does close the angle down. It, the keeper does get slightly closer to him, which probably made his mind up just to, to square it. But it was, and Leicester did play better in the second half, Dan. I think, I think they had more possession in that second half than what they did in the, in, in the first half. Um, created more chances, but as you say, they just needed that little break just to, especially after conceding, to, to go on and, and, and to win the game. Um, and it was, it was a, both goals were goals worthy of winning any game, to be fair.
0: Yeah, the, the DACA pass as well, and you add into the fact that the four goals in midweek, well, three of his four, Ewan, in, in midweek, were one on one opportunities where he, he coolly slotted it home, which is exactly what it was again. So, again, you would have thought, presumably he's going to shoot here, which is, again, testament to him that he did make the pass. And and do you know what says a lot about Pat Sundaka for
1: for, for me, Dan? Um, You know, he scored against Manchester United in his first goal, scored four in in midweek in in, in Moscow, and he's left out for the game yesterday. We we all understand why, because you've got Jamie Vardy, you know, chomping at the bit to to play against Brentford, fully rested, and he he didn't mope about. He got his chance earlier than what he probably expected, you know, when he came on at half-time. it might have been, maybe other players would have thought as a centre-forward in that position, My I'm going to shoot here. I'm going to prove the manager wrong. I'm going to prove that I should have started this game, I'm going to score the winning goal. But by the looks of it, it didn't even enter his mind. Just, as I say, he didn't have a look, saw Madison, and he, and, and he knew a little five-yard square pass to his left, and, and it's an open goal for Madison, and it's than 2-1. All credit to him. They made, made the right
3: decision for me. Yeah, well, that, that, go on, Jerry. I just add to that. You know, on Wednesday night in Moscow, <clears throat> Kalechi and Nacho did exactly the same thing. All right, from a tighter angle, but he had an opportunity to shoot far post, and what he did, well, he just let it on a plate for Pats and Daka for that tap goal. But Kalachy was actually in a not not. I'm not saying it was the best opportunity to have a shot, but he was clear to have a shot. And he just laid it on a plate for Patson Darker. And obviously Patson's repaired that to James Madison yesterday. And what it shows you is that everyone is pulling together. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going in the right direction. And people are making the right decisions at the critical times in the critical areas of the pitch where the goal-scoring opportunities arise. And that is a great sign. And Nguyen's right to mention that. And that won't be lost on the manager or the other players. In the dressing room, what Kelechi and Acho did for Pats and Dagger the other night, and what Pats and Dagger did for James Madison. But it just shows that everyone is pulling in the right di- direction, making the right decisions at those critical times.
0: Which again is, is so impressive considering that we can add Jamie Vardy into this because we know he is unselfish in the same position... I'm convinced Jamie Vardy would have passed as well. As you've referenced there, and Chinacho in a similar position the other night passed as well. These are three attackers that are all vying for one, well, at the moment, two spots in the squad. So the fact that they, they have that unselfishness is, again, so impressive. And like you said, proves that everyone in the squad is, is pulling together in the right direction. But
3: they must be looking at the bigger picture. And then that, yeah. that it all boils down to the manager and the staff. You know, they've, they've given the players the bigger picture. They're all going to play their part and they're all going to get opportunities to score goals because of the way the team works. So it's a, it's a great, great work ethic to have at the football club at the moment that everyone is pulling together, everyone is fighting and working for each other, knowing that opportunities will arise for each of them, each of the three of them, uh, and... You know, they're backing that up with well, the results that we've seen in recent times. Um,
0: we we were saying about Patson Dacker deserving credit, Tony. We've only talked about Dacker as if that was a Pat Dacker goal. James Madison obviously did well to get into that position. And and it almost in a way shows the week that he's had as well, because he, he, he has been really good this week in, in the three victories, and he deserved that goal, considering he'll say it himself the slow start to the season that both he and the team had.
2: Yeah, I think he, he done an interesting interview James. He's, I always enjoy his interviews. I think he's always very honest and everything. And it was interesting to listen to him. But you can see he's enjoying his football game. Uh, he, had, he had a difficult season. He had the injury, didn't he? And then when he came back, he wasn't quite ready. But I think I, I, think I said it in midweek, like a, a fit James Madison, in my opinion, has to be in this Leicester team. The problem is with Leicester, and it's a lovely problem to have, there's so many good players. You know, you look at Harvey Barnes, who's not playing, you know, yeah. there's other good players. And you look at the three forwards, you're trying to, you, they're playing two up front now, Leicester. And you still got one forward on the bench. You, uh, and whatever forward you put on the bench, you could argue that would get most of the Premier League teams the way things are at the moment. So they've got, <coughs> excuse me, such a good squad of players. But I'm really pleased that James is back. Um football, and the lads will know what I'm on about If Football's not about the ups. In, you, you, the ups are fantastic. You win the FA Cup, etc. You win the Premier League. You enjoy the ups. The, the hard part about football is dealing with the downs. And the downs can be an injury. It can be a suspension, particularly a long-term injury. I was quite fortunate with injuries. But anyone who's had a long-term injury, you know, trying to come back. And it's, you've got the loneliness of trying to get fit with a physio when you're on your own. You then try and get back into training. You're then worried about whether you're going to get injured again. you then got to get into the team. As I've already said, it's a fantastic team. There's no givens. You know, Like you know, there, at times we, we've said that you know, certain players will go straight back into that Leicester team. I'm, I'm not even sure that's the case now. I think there's so many good players at the club that whoever gets injured or suspended, there's no guarantee they're going to come back in the team, you know so from james's point of view it must have been really really hard he's really really worked his socks off to get back into it it's taken time we know that but if you get him fit and probably just as importantly you play him in the right position i think that advanced position you know just slightly in front of the other two midfielders give him a little bit of a license to to roam around a little bit and get on the ball and do what he's good at you know we all know about his set pieces but you know, it was good that he finished the goal because that will give him confidence. But the more games he plays, the fitter he'll become. And Leicester have got a real player on their hands again if they can get James Madison back to his full fitness.
0: Not quite there yet, but he's getting there. Absolutely. Um, we are talking about those the, the squad players, you and the, those that are on the bench currently at the moment. You, you suspect that we'll see those on Wednesday, the Carabao Cup game uh, against Brighton at, at King Power Stadium. Will be an opportunity, I'm sure, for Brendan Rodgers to just change things up a little bit, obviously he's played this same team now for the last three games really, barring one or two changes. So, important that he is able to mix the squad up.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is, Dan. I think it is. Uh, there's been a lot of games in, in recent weeks and, and it's the same this week. Uh, uh, we can't forget that, that the club play Arsenal in that early kickoff on Saturday half-twelve kickoff. Uh, I think Arsenal play on. They've got leads on on Tuesday, so they've got an advantage going into that game. So I I, I would not be surprised if if we see whole wholesale changes from Brentford uh, from Brendan, and and he's got every right to do that. You know, he's got to look after players. He's got to he's got to not overload players, and he's got people within that that will advise him on who needs a rest, who 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 they think will be okay. But yeah, there'll be there'll be many many changes, and rightly so.
0: You are looking forward to Wednesday, Jerry? You win this game and it's the quarterfinals of the yeah. competition. It it does sneak up on <clears> you when you're in those European places and you and you skip around.
3: No, absolutely. It's an, it's a great opportunity. You know, they're at home against a good Brighton team, uh, who whose squad probably isn't as big as Leicester's in, in fairness to them. Uh but you would expect that they would make some changes as well. I, I can't remember who they play at the weekend, next weekend, but Obviously, they're going along okay at the moment, Brighton. And so, but uh, it's an opportunity. They're away, for away at
2: Liverpool, tags.
3: Away at Liverpool. So, yeah. you know that's a massive game for them. <clears throat> so, if you're, you know, if you're manager at Brighton, and you're trying to prioritise this week, <coughs> then, you know, and you're tr- so <laughs> wait till Liverpool next weekend. God, God bless you. <laughs> uh so yeah, it's an oppor- it's an opportunity for both teams. Obviously, Arsenal coming to King Power next week is no given because they've had a right run of form of late. Uh and they're flying. So uh, yeah, you can see that both both teams will make changes. Well, they're not at wholesale like Yuna said. We'll have to wait and see. But definitely the likes of your Luckmans, Harvey Barnes, uh Perez, people like that. Uh, you might see Pats and dacker start on Wednesday night. Uh, so there, there will be some changes. There may one or two others that come in. Danny Ward might come in for Casper. Uh, at the back, you know, you've got Luke Thomas, uh, Centre Hobbes. I'm not so sure uh, yeah. about whether or not he can make co- sale change at the back. Vestergaard might come in and start, but you, you'd like to think that You know, Johnny Evans might have to start a game along with Daniel Amati. I think Daniel Amati's been excellent as well. We spoke about him yesterday. So, yeah, there will be some changes, but it's a great opportunity. I mean, we spoke about the bench, the players that can't get a game, that would have got a game two, three weeks ago were playing. And now the system's changed. The playing staff starting 11 have changed. The results are starting to come. So the people who aren't getting a game, they'll be absolutely chomping at the bit to get on the pitch and get her on
0: it. Uh, final word on, on Wednesday, Tony. Does the system change as well on, on Wednesday, do you think? Um, I think a lot will depend on Johnny
2: Evans. Uh, you know, I, I think Brendan perhaps will want to keep that system. Um, I, I, I think going forward, as I've said many times, it, it, getting those two front players... If you play the back three, you get your two forwards in, into the, the system. So, I, I think there's probably an argument for saying that, you know, going forward, you want you probably want to look at players and, and say, right, this is the system. It's the old saying, do you, do you pick it around the system or do you pick it around the players? If Brendan's happy with the system, which you can't argue with that, look, this week's been fantastic, you've got to pick the back three. Now, that might not necessarily contain three centre-halves. It might, might have someone playing, you know, Left side centre back. is not a centre half, but uh, I personally would suggest sticking with the system and then pick your players in, and, and then going forward. You know, if you get injuries or problems, then you can then you've you've seen the player in action. I mean, let's be honest. The you know as much as the, the league cup means a world to me and tags. I think this season the league cup is fourth in terms of priorities for Leicester. You've got to say that you've got the Premier League, you've got the Europa League holders of the FA Cup, they've got to put up a good defence there. So, the League Cup is number four on the list. So, the point being, you've got to play the squad players. You have to play the squad players. You know, whoever needs a rest, just take the week off, boys. See you Saturday. That's got to be the attitude. But I think maybe stick with the system and just, you know, just throw some players in and have a little look at a few players, you know, and hopefully beat Brighton. If you beat Brighton, you're in the quarterfinals. finals, then you can start thinking, mm, maybe, you know, we're, we've got a good chance here. But the priority, I think, has got to be the game against um, Arsenal at the weekend. We all know that. But in the meantime, give the squad players a chance.
0: I think that is the beauty, though, Ewan, of, of, as I said, if you're in a European competition, you, you skip around in, in the Carabao Cup. So, you win one game, you win two games, suddenly it's the quarterfinals. So, it's three games and you're in the semifinals.
1: Yeah, cause, I mean, these League Cup ties, <coughs> they come round quite quickly, don't they, at the, at the start of the season? Um, if, if if everybody's fit, you know I, I don't think Brendan has too many problems because as we've spoken about the strength and depth that the squad has, then he, he can cope with with four competitions. But once again, very similar to last season, you know the clubs had some bad injuries to, to key players, which which means he probably had to change shape. Um, I, I do agree with TC. I would stick with with the three centre centre backs because. I think that is the way forward because of the form of of the centre forwards that are at the club, and, and you want people coming in and knowing their roles in whatever system that 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 the manager picks. But yeah, and it is the fourth priority, the league cup. But as you say, the closer you get to a quarter final, a semi final, two boys have, have had that have had that taste of, of of league cup victory with the football club. I I never did, um, and you know it's it's a bit of silverware that's very close to Leicester City fans supporters hearts so that you know they'll want to
0: they'll want a good run they'll want to go far in this competition yep you can follow all the action as ever on match day live on lcfc tv from 6 15 on wednesday so do join us for that uh at the end of extra time just before football gender we ask each of the panelists to pick out a result uh over the weekend that caught their eye ewan i can already see that little smirk on your face i think i know what you're going to say
1: yeah, it's Chelsea seven,
0: Norwich 0, no, 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 no. It's only, one game. <laughs> I'll, I'll,
1: it's, it's only one game. Only one game. And sadly, I didn't get to see it. I was driving back from uh, from a Brentford Community Stadium uh, with a big smile on my face, having seen Leicester win on my debut in Um uh, But yeah, Man U nil, Liverpool five. Liverpool's highest ever away victory at Old Trafford. And I am a, I am a. A secret Liverpool supporter, being from North Wales, uh, it was the team that that I followed as a youngster. A youngster, and it is the biggest game in the in the football calendar still for for, for me, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of dislike between the club supporters, and to go there and perform like Liverpool did and score the goals that they did. Actually, I was disappointed they didn't make it eight or nine, to be honest with you. But yeah, I've got to, that's that's the one that for me, that, the the Liverpool performance yesterday.
0: Yeah, that was a a derby, wasn't it, for Liverpool. Uh, Tony, you obviously witnessed, as we've already referenced, a derby, West Ham against Tottenham, and and it went your way.
2: Yeah, good result for the Hammers, as I
0: said earlier, Dan. Um, Like you and I was travelling back, I didn't see the Man
2: United-Liverpool game, but I mean, wow, uh, I think it shows you how good Liverpool are at the moment, and it also shows you how far off the pace Man United are. I think there's some big decisions that have got to be made at that club over the next few weeks, few months. Um, one other result that I'll pick out as well, Dan, and, and, and great concern to me is my old team Everton uh, losing at home to Watford 5-2 after being 2-1 up. Um, you know, <sighs> they, they, they've had a really weird season. They, Richarlison back scoring, which is good news. Calvert Lewin still missing, but you know, you cannot be losing 5-2 at home to Watford, uh, particularly with the sort of controversial appointment of Benitez in the summer. You know, if they have too many results like that, the Evertonians will not be happy. Uh, and that's the result they've got to put right. They're already out the, the the League Cup as well, lost on penalties to QPR. So, there'll be a, again, there'll be a few worried Evertonians this morning. And I thought that was quite a major result in the Premier League this weekend. Uh,
0: finally,
3: Jerry, it, TC stole my thunder. Sorry, Tax. <laughs> I was going to, you know, obviously, uh, Cardio Ranieri going in at <laughs> Watford, you know, watching his team get turned over quite handsomely last weekend and then obviously going up to Everton and, and pulling out, you know, pulling out a great result, you know, a great result. And you couldn't see that coming before the game after what uh, we've seen last week. But, you know, again, you know, tip your hat to Claudio Ranieri. He's, he's turned it round against a decent Everton team, you have to say, OK, that there's a few bumps in the road for them at the minute, but they're still a decent side, Everton. Uh, as far as looking at other results, and you know, obviously the Ma- the Liverpool result at Manchester United was, and everything else on on the on the weekend's calendar sort of sort of went according to plan. There was no other. There were the two results that stood out for me. It was obviously seeing Watford win. I thought, wow, he's produced another bit of magic as Claudio, and then obviously watching the game yesterday was, you know. We've seen it last week, didn't we, Dan? The frailties that Manchester United had when they played Leicester. Uh, But Liverpool just took it it to another level yesterday. I mean, it was like a hot knife through butter at times. Uh, And so the issues at Manchester United continue, even with that late late dramatic winner in midweek. But yeah, as Tony says, there's a a bit of soul searching got to go on at Man United at the minute.
0: Uh, right, uh, we always end extra time with our football Jenga, so these three go head-to-head uh, on a topic and take it in turns to give answers. You and Roberts, I can see you're already <laughs> smiling, because you keep making the same mistake of repeating the same one that you <laughs> said earlier on. Uh, um, you mentioned a couple of these a little bit earlier as well, so I hope the other two are listening carefully. Uh, with it being the Carabao Cup <clears throat> in midweek, I want you to name the 16 remaining teams in the competition, please. Uh, and <laughs> Jerry and Tony don't look happy. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Jerry. I'm afraid. Liverpool. Tony. West Ham. And you. Arsenal.
2: Brighton.
3: Man City. Leeds. Leicester.
0: <laughs> Don't know why that took as long as it did. I,
3: I, I'm I'm stunned. <laughs> um, Absolutely stunned. Because that's me <laughs> done there. Did we say Chelsea? <laughs> <laughs> that is <laughs> me <laughs> done. Chelsea. Did we say
0: Chelsea? Yeah, Chelsea. Good answer.
2: Um, Southampton. <laughs> I mean, there's you. One you and I. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even looked at the fixtures in midweek, so I'm, oh, I'm going to
3: be pure <laughs> guesses. I think Ewan's going to win this. Also, I man, it's, it's, it's so sixteen. To at least half of them have got to be Premier League teams. We probably we've been nine, six twice, three times. That's nine. So, uh, Bournemouth. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Right.
2: And I'm going to say this only because I said they beat my old team, and I don't know whether they're still in QPR. Correct. what's oh, oh, oh. what a shade! It's me done though. You and you've only got a <laughs> three. Uh, no googling. He... He ain't, is he googling there, is he? Is no, mate. <laughs> <sorry>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've got three. I've got three written down. Uh, Burnley.
2: Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm done now. Um, I'll say wolves, but I've got no idea.
3: No,
0: not wolves. So you uh, and get one to win it. The other one was Brentford. Correct. Well, well done, Ewan. Oh,
3: well played, you and Robert. Is,
0: is that your first victory of, of football? I think it game? is, mate. Right. I think I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> well done. So you've you've written down answers now that have been said. So hopefully there'll be no repeat. Yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. All right. Well, well done to you and Roberts for winning that. Thank you very much to, uh, to the three of you as ever for, for joining us here on, on Extra Time. And yeah, we'll be back again, as I've said, at quarter past six on Wednesday evening for that game with Brighton. Very quickly, uh, the ones you missed, by the way, were Preston, Stoke, Sunderland, and Tottenham. Well, well Spurs. Uh, so there you go. Right, well, thanks to, to the three of you. Yeah. Uh, have a brilliant rest of your week, and uh, I'll speak to you. A... boys. Love you on Wednesday. Cheers, boys. Right,
3: bye. Cheers, boys. Bye.